0: Shadrick! That's pretty accurate. Had one last night in fact. Welcome in Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick from the home studio. Today is June 18th and this is our final show before a three-week hiatus. The dead zone is here so we will go away for a while while we can because once we pick back up and Mid-July, it is going to be nonstop, hopefully, until training camp and uh, and preseason games and the regular season go off without a hitch. But over the news of the last couple of days, that's uh, certainly up in the air now as well. But uh, we'll get you through this last program today. Here's what's coming up on the show. Analyst Jeff Lagerman will join us. We'll talk a little ball and see what the Jags are up to this week. A few guys have been out practicing on their own, it looked like, on social media. NFL Network reporter Steve Weich discusses the social justice initiatives from the Jaguars that have happened over the last two or three weeks, and the league as a whole. He's been very active on social media and in his reporting on NFL Network about what the league has done, the reaction to it. And uh, he was the one actually that broke the uh, Colin Kaepernick story of why uh, his kneeling began back in the first place, back in, gosh, 2016. So we'll get his perspective on that reaction then as opposed to now. Senior writer John Osier joins us also. We'll break down his podcast earlier in the week. He spoke with Terry Rubisky, the running backs coach, and Marcus Pollard, director of player development for the Jags, and we'll get his thoughts on that. And a uh, 4-3 three versus 3-4, three, that was the talk uh, late last week from defensive coordinator Todd Wash. We'll uh, break that down again. We'll go around the National Football League as well. So uh, quite a show today our last one for a while. This is uh, we are nearing the three month mark. In fact, tomorrow would be the uh, three month anniversary of our last show in the building at TIAA bank field. That was on March 19th. Imagine that Jeff Loggman on the phone with us. Now Jaguars analyst logs. That's a crazy three month period. How about that?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it certainly is crazy. And, uh, would think in three months you might have a little bit more answers but i I think you still have a lot more questions maybe than even than you had three months ago and uh i think it puts a lot of things up in here but before we get to that was i the only one that was listening at the beginning going
0: where do you get a hand-rolled cuban sandwich (laughs) sandwich you were thinking huh okay yeah
1: (laughs) I'm kind of hungry.
0: And if he said
1: Cuban, I said, Oh man, I'd love to have me a Cuban right
0: now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then I started thinking, I said, wait a minute. I think he meant cigar. That's exactly. I'm sure. what he, Well, he, yeah, maybe Jake, it's
0: up Jake, for interpretation. Hey, yeah, you like them both. I do. Don't yeah, deny. I won't turn either one of them down <laughs> most days. <Lugs. laughs> uh, no, but to get, to get back to
1: the conversation about ball or, you know, the questions of what's happened in the last three months. I mean, do you, do you see in your mind this NFL happening normally when we get around to training camp
0: July, August, September? By normally, I'm sure you mean, you know, rookies show up a week early, then the quarterbacks are in, and then the rest of the team, the veterans, show up at a certain date and they do two uh, weeks and mean, they play just, free I'm season. I mean, that's just anything, anything being normal. That, I mean, yeah, I think the definition of normal has changed, and we don't know what that is yet.
1: Yeah, I I think we're we're gonna see a lot of different things. And here's the here's the thing. What happens if you're in season and then on Saturday or Sunday morning for that matter, you wake up and you're starting quarterbacks not feeling good. That's right. Okay. And uh and you, and he just spent all week in the same room with the back of the quarterbacks and with the quarterback coach. And you you test him, he's positive. Whether it be Saturday or Sunday,
2: uh,
1: what do you, what are you doing? I mean, do you, do you have? Can you can you just go ahead and and expect to play your backups who've been in the same room, have been around your starting quarterback who tested positive? Right.
0: I mean, I mean, how do you handle that? It's a challenge, man. It's it's so it's not even that's not even the right word for what this is. Yeah. I because mean, even so, if they are, I mean, what happens? You know, to the game, if one team does not have quarterbacks available in that scenario, you forfeit the game
1: position groups. I mean, we're we're talking, I mean, we're, we're seeing where it's, you know, you guys are, uh, I know the, what, six players or whatever that uh, University of Houston, I think it was.
0: Uh, Texas uh, today, Texas today had a few. And then uh, of course the Houston Texans and the Dallas Cowboys had some recently as well. Right. right,
1: But I think there was another university in Texas that had an issue a while ago, but, but I mean, you sit there and you think about that. Okay. Well, what if you get a a defensive lineman who's positive and he's asymptomatic and he spends all week with his guys, you know, he's doing one-on-one drills and look, when you do one-on-one drills, I mean, you're making contact with people, you know, you're, you're, you're breathing on people. Uh, you're shedding things. I mean, that's what the definition what they're talking about, how the virus passes is through shedding. So what do you do? I mean, if, if one guy tests positive, he's been asymptomatic, he's been in the same room as everybody else, and you, and you could have an entire room that's out. Well, that entire room also has been around the other entire rooms, in the huddles and, and on the field and right. in the locker room. I mean,
3: how, how do you
0: handle this? You know, uh, I mean, it's so many questions, so many. And today, I believe, or yesterday, I think it was today, uh, Dr. Fauci, the infectious disease expert that is in the White House and, and does all that stuff, said that football probably won't be able to be played unless it's a bubble situation like the NBA is talking about and Major League Baseball, where basically you quarantine the entire team at a place for the season. Well, that's not realistic. You can't do that with you know fifty-three active guys, ten practice squad guys, coaching staff, everybody. That- when you,
1: what are you going to do? Quarantine them? Quarantine them in a bubble away from their family, and then their family is going to be quarantined in a bubble away from anybody else. Right. That's tough. I mean, I mean, because you can't you can't expect a player to be away from his family. But but I mean that's that's the thing is that even though we we were all hopeful that uh, you know once we get to summer that uh, the frequency of transmission would die down and obviously we're seeing some high set in some of the testing procedures is that related to a, an increase in positive tests and and the virus spreading or is that related to just the simple fact that there's a lot more testing going on right now too i mean you don't know the answer to that and politics seems to get involved in everything and so yeah. sometimes it's hard to decipher what the truth is going to be but but boy, it's it's just it's just hard sometimes to envision as we head to this little bit of a break in the dead zone. You know, when we come back, are we going to be out of the dead zone, or are we going to be continuing to exist in the dead zone with a lot of uncertainty? You know, so uh, I don't have the answer to that, and I'm sure that there's a lot of a lot of possibilities that are being discussed uh, at the league level, at team levels, and and I have a feeling that uh, there's a lot of I don't want to say indecision, but there's a lot of decisions that haven't been made because they just simply
0: don't know the answer right now. That's right. Uh, Jeff Loggeman, with us, Jaguars analyst. And even if we do get to, let's say, training camp, right, and the players can practice and they figured it out and they're going to test and all that is fine, quote unquote. I don't think we'll be even close to their logs to cover it. No,
1: heck, no, no, chance. no,
0: no, JP. We won't be anywhere. We won't be allowed anywhere near it. I'll be sitting in this chair right here, uh, interviewing guys over Zoom or, or however they set it up. That's how that's gonna work.
1: Uh, it, it'll be, you know, if you want to watch, maybe on some kind of film thing, I mean, but you're not going down there to to be on the field and be around players and and for them to be at risk of being around you. That's right. I mean, that's uh, the the way that the game is covered from a media standpoint. Media is going to have extremely limited access. Everything will be done via Zoom or team, whatever you want to call, uh, or whatever avenue is, is most available or readily available to, to the masses. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to restrict everything. I mean, when, when I mentioned this before, you know, when you talk about uh, – Having your team traveling, I mean, who, who's essential? You're talking about essential personnel to be able to have a football game. But I mean, here's the, here's the thing. I mean, that's assuming you could even
0: have it. Right.
1: Right. I mean, that's and and that right now that seems to be you know a pretty big assumption. You know, I mean, being said, I mean, what other what other pro sports league is is playing right now?
0: Well, you got soccer. So the Premier League in in England started uh, yesterday, I believe. Uh, Mm -hmm. Actual games. Bundesliga in Germany has been playing for a little bit. Um, NASCAR, but that's not a contact sport, at least personally. No, gosh. NASCAR
1: is about as good a social distancing as you can do, (laughs) man. Put a guy in a car, you know, let him him drive by himself. Bump and grind, but bump and grind is six feet or more at least.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, You're swapping paint, you're not swapping spit. So, uh, yeah. So, I. That's about it, Boggs. And then once NBA gets going, that's the bubble thing. But there's been a little bit of pushback from the players on that as of late. Sure. Baseball is sure. their own issues. Would you want to be issues. in a bubble,
1: JP? Uh, I mean, and, you know, because that bubble is just beyond you.
0: That now, to me, you're asking me? Sure. If that means I mean, look, me getting a paycheck, I'll stay in the bubble to get the paycheck and then move on. Totally
1: understand that. I don't totally have a family. That. I don't
0: have kids. I don't have any of that stuff. So, I, And
1: that's that's where the question gets bigger and the answer gets more difficult. Right. And and with football, you're dealing with, man, much, uh, many, many, many more numbers than you're talking about with basketball. And I think that's why the league right now has, you know, I don't want to say they've been quiet. I mean, they've been certainly responsive uh, to some extent, but I think that they want to see how it goes with other leagues that have started or that are going to start, to see how they can proceed, yes. and what might work and what might not work.
0: Right. Uh, by the and way, and that's
1: probably the wise thing to do.
0: Uh, in the Jaguars' umbrella, uh, under the ownership group of the Cons, uh, Fulham Football Club in the Championship, the the second uh, league in England, they start on Saturday, so they've had some uh, warm ups to get ready. So that'll be really a firsthand look with uh, some of the Jaguars folks involved in Fulham business as well over in London. So we'll we'll, we'll get a little better look there as well. Jeff Loggman with us, Jaguars analyst, joining us here on Jaguars Happy Hour. Well, uh, the the real virtual offseason program is over. But on social media this week, we saw a glimpse into some Jaguars getting out on a local high school field here and starting to work a little bit together. I believe Gardner Minshew was involved. DJ Chark, handful of receivers, that kind of thing. You know, it's the first time I think probably they've been able to get together on their own. That's a good thing. I don't know if you're going to get a lot of answers. It's better than not doing it, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's something. And do we know that that's the first time they've gotten together? No, I don't. I mean, if yeah, I mean that's. And here's the thing: if you have gotten together previously with a bunch of guys with with having seen some of the criticism that other players have gotten for gathering with teammates to play catch or throw the football together, you know, some guys might've, have, have done it uh, a l- a little bit uh, under the, the shroud of secrecy, you know, just yeah. to not expose themselves to criticism for not practicing quote unquote, social distancing. So, but I mean, it's good. I mean, as much as you can, try to get together and throw. I mean, look, uh, Gardner Minshew, even though Uncle Rico did it, you know, he can't sit out and park a van out in the middle of the valley and just start throwing the football over the mountain and get loose and feel like he's gotten a lot of big workout. You know, you got to throw to people. You got to have speed. You got to have, you know, your guys and uh, timing. And so, I mean, it's good that they're doing that. And, boy, you hope that, uh, that they can do as much of that as possible between now and the start of camp, just to kind of keep things, Rolling along so that when you do get the camp or if there is a camp and if there, everything is going smoothly, that I don't want to say you can hit the ground running because I think that's a far cry from doing what you need to do to hit the ground running. But at least you've had something that uh, has, has kind of kept you loose and coming in feeling like, okay, I'm not just coming in cold.
0: Jeff Logman with us, Jaguars analyst. The, um, we've got the next three shows off, so we be back uh, July 16th, I believe, is that Thursday we'll have this show return, and hopefully we'll be about a week or so out from training camp. What's up in the month ahead for you, Logs?
1: Uh, just just like what's been up for the last couple of months, JP. Lots of fam- family time. <laughs> and uh and you know and, and a little bit of work and and other aspects of my life so it's it's all good, man, family's good, wife's good, life's good, and uh you know as 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 it can be with a a worldwide pandemic
0: and uh hey man ribs are smoking on the grill right now so it's not bad oh i I can stand six feet away from you if you want me to taste test those (laughs) for you a little later uh logs good stuff man thanks for your time throughout this uh, pandemic and we'll talk to you in a few weeks man
1: all right jpc buddy
0: jeff Loggeman, smoking ribs it's a pretty darn good thursday afternoon And it's going to be a better evening, it sounds like, at the Logaman household uh, coming up. Time now for the Community Spotlight. Publix is helping those affected by the COVID-19 pandemic by buying food directly from farmers to donate to food banks, donating $2 million to support Feeding America food banks, and supporting struggling farmers by donating produce and milk to hungry families. Back in a moment, Steve Weich, NFL Network. We'll get into the social justice initiatives that the Jaguars and the league have been into the last few weeks. We'll get his thoughts on uh, Mr. Khan's op-ed from a few weeks ago as well. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
3: Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free. Crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly.
4: Geico presents, oh boy, another voicemail from your roommate,
3: Hey, I got some bad news. Someone broke into our apartment and they took your TV and your computer. But what's most upsetting is they took my water bottle. Oh, wait, there it is. (laughs) I was really worried for a second. (laughs) Oh, they took their stereo, too.
4: The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate is only worried about her $2 aluminum water bottle. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Jags fans... Fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Ball" exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a yield pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit the financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash card. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
7: Hey Jax fans, you know green chili makes everything taste better And our friends at 505 Southwestern make the good stuff Flame roasted, premium quality It's the famous Hatch Valley green chili in glass jars, not in tin cans Try this idea Mix some 505 green chili into your favorite salsa and add some kick Or use 505 as a guacamole starter You'll love 505 Southwestern Dick's Wings & Grill delivers comfort right to your home by offering carry-out and delivery. Order any of your favorite wings and sauces, or enjoy their burgers, wraps, and salads. Bring it on home with three convenient order options. Call your favorite location, order online at Dick'sWingsAndGrill.com, or by using your favorite delivery app. Visit Dick'sWingsAndGrill.com for more details. Delivery service subject to location availability.
5: Voice of the Jaguars, Frank Franchi, talks to you every weekday
0: afternoon from 3 to 7. The Franchi Show on 1010 xl Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour, Thursday, June 18th. Tropical Smoothie Cafe, open for business and ready to serve you. They're open for carryout, delivery, online ordering, and drive-through service. Tropical Smoothie appreciates your continued support. JP Shadrick from the home studio. One day away from the three month anniversary of our last show at TIAA Bank Field. So, we've been doing this show and other programming, obviously, video interviews and uh, the NFL draft and everything that's come up between now and then from our individual homes. So, uh, thank you for sticking with us throughout the pandemic here. And uh, we're going to take uh, the next three. Thursday's away and be back with you in mid July. Time now to hear from Steve weich NFL Network reporter, analyst, and host. Longtime reporter in the National Football League for a number of different publications, the Miami Herald. Uh, he was an NBA writer for the Washington Post, covering the Wizards and the league there for a little while in Atlanta with the Journal Constitution, and he's been with the NFL Network for a number of years now. Uh, social justice causes for the Jaguars. Well, they were really the first team to, to take a team approach. They were the first team to, to march. We'll start there. And uh, Jags owner Shad Khan uh, wrote the op-ed piece that really set the tone for the organization and a lot of, in a lot of ways the National Football League. Uh, you'll see the full video coming up early next week with Steve, but uh, a little piece of the conversation coming up here. Steve Weich of NFL Network. Starting with Jaguars owner Shad Khan and his op-ed piece back on June third, what was your reaction to that piece when you first read it? Yeah, look, I think it was
5: important because, as we know, Shad Khan is the only minority uh, principal owner in the NFL, and so for him to come out and write an op-ed talking about some of the racism that he's faced, and of course he's he's overcome a lot of things financially and business-wise, but he still deals with it, um, was fantastic. You know, and I really thought it was very important. For him to say he was going to listen to his players because that's something that owners have not necessarily done some have uh, but others have been more dictatorial so you're going to do it this way or it's the highway so the fact that that's the tenor he set for the organization i think is very important um, because it lets coaches know okay good i can give my players maybe some opportunities or freedoms and it lets players know that they can seize control of the narrative or what is going to happen with the players without any type of obstruction.
0: Steve, do you think that will be um, something that Mr. Khan starts that other owners maybe take and, and use on their own as well? Is that something, like you said in the past, that some are dictatorial. It doesn't really work like that a lot of places. Can this be a league-wide phenomenon? We'll see. Um,
5: You know, look, some owners have stepped out and they've made statements, but, you know, are they going to put actions behind their words? And some owners have been very active. David Tepper with the Carolina Panthers severed ties with their big security agency uh, because their their CEO or their head was very dismissive of some of the things publicly about what what people are protesting against. So, you know, this is a wait and see, but I do think Shad Khan and taking the steps that he's taken has shown significant leadership maybe to the rest of the owners, but I think absolutely to his players and people in the community who can see that the influence the Jaguars could have and kind of being a guiding hand and measures to be taken to kind
0: of make some, some repairs to what's going on right now. Certainly, in a town like this, the the Jaguars are the big fish here in Jacksonville. So, uh, whatever happens from this organization makes a big impact in the community. We've seen that already with the the players' marches through downtown, including the mayor and the sheriff. You don't get a lot of uh, work both ways in a lot of places, but Jacksonville is a place where that has happened so far. It has, you know, and what's interesting is, you know, some of these things have been player led. We saw Leonard
5: Fournette and some people, you know, Take take that the hold of that and some of it organizationally led, but I mean think back when you were a little kid. I mean even if you got a chance to meet an NFL player or even see one, you know, on the sideline close or in, in person at an autograph signing, whatever. Even if you know that person said to you like, hey, you can be a star. You're gonna think, man, I, he told me I can be a star. And so players understand the influence of the voice of the pro athlete and, or or the, or the head coach, and and that's something uh, you know you're seeing more and more players recognize during this situation this movement whatever you want to call it that we're in right now And I think they're understanding that yeah we may not be able to change the minds of some people who are older who are ingrained but we can teach these young people or show these young people a way that we can be better and more tolerant and more accepting and, and that's what I think so many people are forgetting about because maybe the people who aren't buying the tickets, but be the next generation to buy the tickets, those can be the significant influencers or those to be influenced
0: in this moment. Steve Weiss with us, NFL Media, one of the highly respected reporters on NFL Network and has been around the league for a long time. You, Steve, obviously broke the story back in August of 2016 of why Colin Kaepernick was first sitting and then kneeling during the national anthem. And we bring that up because his name is, again, at the forefront of the league's, I guess, awakening is a good term for what has happened over the last few weeks. What are your thoughts on why it was so controversial then and why that maybe has changed and and his story is moving this forward? Yeah, great
5: question. And, you know, I don't think Kaepernick necessarily was – simply why things have changed with the league this time. I think it changed with the nation. I mean, you're hearing news agencies and people bring up his name um, in this moment because he told us, you know, when he first did not stand and then eventually kneeled during the playing of the national anthem, a lot of people got hung up on the fact that he wasn't standing for the national anthem. When he was saying he was protesting some of the police brutalities and judicial injustices that we're seeing come to the forefront right now of course it was punctuated um, with the killing of George Floyd and, and I think anybody because we're all home from this COVID right we're all watching our TVs we can't escape it anybody who saw that police officer with his knee on George Floyd's neck and George Floyd dying and screaming for his his dead mother um, that wasn't a matter of black or white that was a matter of right and wrong and I so I think that's one of the reasons for the groundswell and so this is what Kaepernick was talking about. So people can harken back and say, "See, he was tr- he was trying to tell us he wasn't trying to offend anybody at that time by not standing for the national anthem. He was trying to offend us, to touch the nerve that we're accepting too often of black and brown people being killed by law enforcement or being or those or those law enforcement officers not being held accountable." some of their behavior so i think that's part of it um and that's why i think you're hearing more and more of the narrative especially when it comes to nfl athletes instead of saying i'm protesting they're explaining why and that's the first thing i did in the first article i wrote about this i explained why he was doing it but of course again that got
0: lost in translation very quickly steve weich with us nfl network uh final thought on, on kaepernick here there's a little bit of a groundswell now for him to be signed at some point by an NFL team. I think the commissioner even mentioned his name the other day in an interview. Uh, Do you think a team will sign him and and what type of team can handle this situation?
5: Yeah, it was interesting. First off the Roger Goodell said publicly that, Hey, I've encouraged teams to sign Colin Kaepernick privately. He's done that for years. Like, Hey, you know, he's a free agent. You know, you guys can sign him. Um, but it hasn't happened, which is why I think at this point, I, I don't expect a team to sign him. I, I really don't. It's they've had three years to do it, most of these teams that means they've had three drafts to kind of come up with their, their quarterback development cycle, even though even the, the fact that cap's been out of not play football in three years, you can look at some backup quarterbacks and kind of say, you know, he could he could probably at least compete, but you know, a team. You know, like the Jaguars. I mean, Mike Glennon is there, but there's there's someone he could come in and compete and be the backup. We know Gardner Minshew is who they're rolling with as the starter. That's right. But then you say to yourself, and this is an interesting dichotomy. I, I've had someone, you know, bring this to my attention. Do you bring him into a locker room where he could either be polarizing or more popular than your starter, and? would you even worry about it? Because odds are there aren't going to be any media in the locker rooms, at least for the first few weeks of training camp and maybe the regular season to ask players consistently about this, which has always been something that has been a distraction in that conversation. So I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but maybe some team will do it. And then you have to ask yourself, will Kaepernick be willing to do it? Um, because he may just view it as a patronizing gesture instead of a, a sincere attempt, you know, to get him a job back in the NFL. But he may just say, forget it anyway. I want to play. I'm going to give it a shot. We just
0: don't know. Steve Weiss with us. NFL Network, You you touched on a little bit of this a moment ago, but the next steps for players, ownership, organizations, and the league as a whole in this movement – you know, this is the, the dead period of the offseason. Players have been away all off season anyway, but uh, they're really away now. Uh, does this momentum stay until training camp? And then I guess the next question is, what does training camp look like? And I think you just talked about it there a little bit without media, possibly. And then without fans, maybe at some point, the league's still holding hope. The next steps, I think, are the big question here. How does this momentum carry?
5: Yeah, you know, look, it's interesting. I've got a uh, – I just did an interview with uh, three Vikings players because they felt it was important to talk about this. It's going to air on our programming this week because they're at ground zero, right? They're in Minneapolis where the George Floyd incident happened, and, and this was kind of the trigger point. And they said it is up to them as players, right? They've got to do their jobs, <clears throat> excuse me, but use the platform, <clears throat> excuse me, of NFL Sundays, their practices, and their their profiles to still talk about this. Yes, they know that playing games is their occupation, and that is what they're going to be focused on. But that is where, be it on their Tuesday off days or through some type of pregame projects or whatever, postgame projects, they've got to keep that going. Again, we'll see. Um, you know, football is a tough sport. You really got to lock in on, but players have done this before. This is nothing new in terms of community service. As for how things are going to look, with uh, COVID-19 still, still, you know, out there and, and, you know, not really going away in a lot of places. We still don't know, man, JP. It's there. There's so much unknown teams. I've spoken to some folks with teams they're waiting on the lead from the league. The league is kind of saying, well, we've got 32 different markets. We've got to see what's going on there. But, you know, clearly from everything I'm hearing, you know, media training camp, there's either going to be none or it could be something where, like, say, media coverage, we're, you know, we're parked in a tent and the players are here and we're not going to have any, even six feet away interaction, um, social distancing and, and team facilities, you know, how teams are going to work with players. You know, we're, ta- we're hearing about testing. Um, of course, training camps are going to be in team facilities and we get to games. Will there be fans or won't there be fans? Because here's something I think about, and, and I'm sure you have too let's just say the league goes half capacity at stadiums Pre-game, what are those 30 35,000 fans likely going to be doing out in the parking lot tailgating so is it, so are they going to be social distancing while they're tailgating i don't Who think knows? so Steve. right so then so then they come into the stadium if you have people every other row but if you got someone there to your left and right how is that going to work so i it's it's, it's. I mean, I'm sure it's so complex because there's so many different things happening in so many different cities on the risk that the NFL wants to put its players and trainers and coaches and staffers in and the risk that they want to put fans in. Um, because in all honesty, who knows if there's going to be a vaccine or a cure for this anytime in the near future. And so there's just so many variables and we've got about five or six weeks to figure it out. It, it's very, very hard to tell. And I, myself, as I'm sure you are eager to find out how, this, where this is going to go.
0: We certainly are. That's uh, Steve Weich NFL network at Weich 89 on Twitter. And uh, a really good follow there. Uh, very active the last few weeks with everything going on around the national football league and the country really as a whole, a good perspective there from Steve and, um, you know, as the last note there is the one we we discuss with logs as well. But we won't know until we get closer to training camp and, and see if this thing dies down at all or if there's a, a vaccine of some sort that comes on the market. That's um, all up in the air as of June 18th. Uh, we're back in a moment. We'll hear from John Ogier, Jaguars dot com senior writer. He'll join us. Over the phone line, we're about halfway home. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
3: Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly.
4: There's a chance your local GEICO agent has the same affinity for dad jokes as you. What do you call a fake noodle?
3: I don't know. Maybe an impasta.
6: Oh, so cheesy. Ah, did it great on you. Yeah,
4: you really shredded me. (laughs) But there's a better chance your local GEICO agent could help you out with auto, homeowners, renters, or condo insurance. Motorcycle, boat, or RV insurance, too. They'll work hard to provide sound advice and significant savings. You don't need to share a love for paternal puns to do that. Local GEICO agents. Call or visit yours today.
6: When America needed us to build, we built masks, ventilators, shields. When local communities and frontliners needed support, Ford dealers answered. And now we're open and ready to serve you with special offers and deals across the Ford lineup. Stop by a Ford dealership or go online. We've made it safer to shop, easier to buy. Built for America. Built Ford Proud.
8: whether you are driving to a Jaguars game or on the way to work. When you see flashing lights, please move over. If you can't move over a lane, slow down 20 miles per hour below the speed limit. You can protect those who help you on the road from law enforcement and other first responders to utility and tow truck drivers. They all need you to be at the top of your game while you're driving. See lights, please move over. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles and the Florida Highway Patrol.
4: Jags fans. TIAA Bank is ready to be your home team for home lending. Whether you're looking to buy a new home or refinance your current one, we have the nationwide expertise in competitive rates, along with a wide range of mortgage solutions to help you achieve your home lending goals. Team up with a -A TIAA Bank mortgage expert today. Visit TIAABank.com slash lending team. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, Equal Housing Lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
7: Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers to deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid 100s, and a wide selection of move in ready homes quality value customization that's the dream finders difference call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com dream finders homes the official home builder of the jacksonville jaguars prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity
6: some things make a
7: house your home
6: like a quick heating oven that makes the aroma of warm chocolate chip cookies your thing when cooking with natural gas You get the best temperature control, save money, and earn a rebate up to $200. Who wants cookies? Your home. (laughs) Our safe, reliable, efficient energy. Love natural gas. Find rebate details at peoplesgas.com. Start the day with Jaguars and sports talk. The drill with Dan Hicken and Jeff Prosser. Mornings on
2: 1010XL.
0: Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, June 18th, Thursday. Money Pages is helping communities save and local businesses grow through its magazine and app. Download the free Money Pages app for local savings instantly. J.P. Shadrick from the home studio. We are a day away tomorrow, the 19th, the Three-month anniversary of what was was our final show at TIAA Bank Field before the uh, lockdown. Of course, all the the, many of the sports shut down the week prior to that. On that uh, Thursday and Friday, that was Players' Weekend, and then um, we were in the office another few days after that. And then finally, that Thursday night, the uh, March 19th was our final show, and we haven't been back in the office since, at least. I haven't. A few folks have been uh, the last uh, couple of weeks as they've opened up uh, some parts of the organization. Uh, Another person who has not been in the office since then is senior writer John Osier, who joins us on the phone now. John, good afternoon.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of picturing JP, uh, my desk. Like, I used to go down to Miami uh, right after Dan Marino retired, Uh and they had his locker there, just sort of like they encased it with glass, and it was like, it was when he <laughs> retired. So I picture like my you know, my crappy shirt that I used to have sitting there, <laughs>
0: yeah. just
2: kind of sitting there, all all wadded up, encased in glass. So, yeah,
0: it's um it's gonna be fro- fro- frozen <laughs> in time. I think our whole office frozen in like time. time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What was? Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's it's uh, but it's uh, it, it's the time we live in. It's it, it's an odd, odd
0: time. It sounds like, you know, there's probably already dust settled on all of that down at the stadium, but uh, it sounds like there's going to be at least double the dust, you know? I don't think we're going to be in there doing anything for a while, John.
2: That didn't seem like it, and uh, yeah, I think we talked about it last week, JP. It, it it just feels like, and logically so, I I was getting uh, questions about it uh, two weeks ago. Hey, do you feel like the NFL is being overly cautious in all this, Yeah. It just feels like they're not in lockstep with everybody else. Well, as we've seen the last couple of weeks, I don't think the NFL is being overly cautious. I think they're being correctly cautious. They realize that the more people who are together, the greatest, uh, you know, without extreme caution, the greater chance there is for flare-ups or whatever you call it. So I expect them to proceed with, the absolute utmost cost to me is I don't know how else they would proceed. I mean, they realize that people together uh, sweating, which players will do, is going to be an extreme caution situation. They've got to figure out how to handle it. So I don't anticipate being back around them. I expect, I anticipate us all talking Jags and covering the team. Sure. But how that's going to play out, how the season's going to play out, um, you know, I wrote today in the Ozone, I think, or maybe it's for tomorrow. This has been a the weirdest, most obstacle-filled off season that you could possibly imagine, and I expect the regular season to be that times ten.
0: Senior writer John Ozer with us. You mentioned the ozone. How many consecutive days is your streak of ozone posts now?
2: You know, it's it's. Uh, I don't really I don't really count it in terms of days because you got to go uh, sort of on Google. I started the best of my recollection and I sometimes get the original date messed up and I have to go back and check it either August 11th or 14th of uh, 2011. So whatever that adds up to one of those days, it was was a Sunday. And unfortunately for me, I kind of started it. This was back when there was some doubt over whether Jaguars games would be uh, blacked out or not. That was still a thing. Right. And I sort of made the crank of, Hey, all, all, I'll do this every day until a game's blacked out. Sort of making the point that I didn't think at that point anymore would be blacked out, and I was just sort of flippantly said, hey, I'll, well, guess what, JP? (laughs) (laughs) Here
0: we are. Put
2: your money where your mouth is. But on a serious note, that's not why I do it anymore. As we've talked about, it's not overly hard to answer fans' questions, Fans, it seems like read it every day. Uh, so for me to sit down and answer Jaguar fans' questions, I feel fortunate to write about football for a living when a lot of people, uh, frankly, in, in the industry I came from, don't have the opportunity so to answer some questions for people. And uh, I think most people have a good time when they're reading it. To do that really isn't that hard. That's not that big a deal.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, you're getting questions. When you stop getting questions, you know there are bigger issues. So um, there is interest. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, John, you've started the Ozone podcast. We've touched on this the last few weeks, but this week you visited with Terry Rubisky, running backs coach, and Marcus Power, the director of player development. And the, those are two gentlemen that were instrumental in the march from the stadium to the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office steps. Uh, Rubisky's been around this league for darn near 40 years, and as an assistant coach, starting with the Raiders way back in the early 80s, after a short playing career that was uh, injury shortened. In fact, Demarcus sure. Pollard had a long career in the NFL as a tight end, was a basketball player coming up and then uh, worked his way in the NFL a long career there and now uh, on the football side, uh, basically as an advisor of sorts for players. But um, these guys are were right there in the front of this thing uh, a few weeks ago. And it was what a forty four minute podcast that you had with them this week. What extra did you get out of the conversation with them this week that maybe we didn't hear a couple of weeks ago?
2: Well, the reason I wanted to have them on, um is first of all, they represent probably close to sixty five cumulative years of NFL experience. Yeah. Uh Terry's been at it uh, as you said, since seventy seven. Marcus started in the league in ninety five and he hasn't I mean it, I think he was out of the league for three or four years uh, between retiring and coming to the Jaguars. So these guys have seen a lot. And it struck me, you were there with me, JP, when Terry talked about. I thought Terry was incredibly moving when he talked during the March. I guess it's been two or three weeks now, too. And, but he talked for maybe a minute and a half or two minutes. And it struck me that certainly if he was interesting in that regard, if Marks was interesting on, on the, on the steps during an emotional time that there had to be a lot more and some background into what they were talking about that they could talk about there. So I hope that by having them on, I could get a little more of a feel for why for Terry Robisky, it was, it was so moving for him to have heard what Shad Khan wrote or to have read what Shad Khan wrote um, on the website when he talked about uh, his essay on racism. And to talk about what Doug Marone's leadership had meant. And he talked about both things on the steps. And in talking to both of them, they both expanded on that and expanded on a lot of the issues as to why what the players are doing and why the actions that they are taking on the uh, racial, equality, racial, uh, social justice, whatever we're calling it, why that mattered to them so much and why they believe in their heart that this feels different and why it's so important and all the issues. So it was as interesting and as insightful, I think, as I thought it would be. And I thought the most interesting thing that came from it, both of them talked and both of them kept circling back, even when this wasn't the topic to how important Doug Marone's approach in terms of making everybody feel comfortable talking about this or as comfortable as, as possible and promoting the conversation, how important that's been. So our podcast next week is talking to coach Marone about some of the same issues. And I think taken in total, I think it's a chance if you listen to it for about an hour and a half, you really get, a full feel for how some of these conversations started, the tone of it, why everybody feels like it's important. I think most importantly, why they feel like it will continue to be an important topic that everybody takes seriously, even within the context of the season. So long-winded answer, obviously, but I certainly feel like we were able to talk about a lot of issues that are really important right now.
0: And this is going to be important, obviously, throughout the season. And, you know, Doug Marone is going to carve out time in the weekly schedule to have conversations about this with his football team. That's that's really a a slam dunk for him. I think he's definitely going to do that. And, um, you know, I think the players (laughs) wouldn't like it if he didn't like they were going to talk about it anyway. So make the time for it. Address it the right way. And I think that's the way the Jaguars are going to go here. John O's your senior writer. Jaguars.com with us. You know, we we touched a little bit the last couple of weeks on this 3-4-4-3 defense thing. Um, but we, we have. We have. It's certainly overblown. It's not Madden. You're not like, you know, Todd Wash said that they, they haven't changed anything they've taught on their defensive front. The, you know, they still have the same fronts that they've had, but they just have some different personnel, and they'll move some guys around a little bit. But it's not like you're going to choose the 3-4 defense in this uh, on this play and Madden and then the next play bring in the 4-3, and it's a totally different look. That's that's not what this thing feels like at all.
2: Well, and to listen to Todd talk about it, to listen to Doug talk about it a little bit, they will be in some fronts where they line up and it looks like a 3-4. When Todd says we're not a, a true 3-4 defense, what he means is they are not a – Pure, uh, you know, old Pittsburgh Steelers. We had a huge nose tackle, and then you had two quote defensive ends who were really glamorized defensive tackles who didn't rush the pass or they weren't shooting gaps. And he said they're not really a two gap team because teams that have those kind of players ask those guys just to fill gaps and not to go after the quarterback very much. And they're not quick twitch, hit gap kind of players. The Jaguars have more players who are one-gap style. So it sounds like the biggest difference is the strong side linebacker, who in this scheme has been a Leon Jacobs type who plays off the ball, who's pursuing side to side. They have more guys who, from that position, can go line up, put their hand on the ground. And everybody I've talked to, and I talked to Jason Rebervich about this a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't want to run the story until Todd had had a chance to talk. Mm -hmm. But he said the same thing to Todd to talk about it's about versatility and it's about being able to give the offenses more pre snap looks that aren't straight four three looks. So they're gonna use these players because uh unique can do this and Josh Allen can do this and Cassius Marsh. They can line up as defensive ends or linebackers. So that's the biggest difference rather than the three four, four three. In a look, by the way, JP that is about 28 to 30% of what they did. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's a lot of talk about, you know, I've had people actually get mad. Oh, Todd Wash is an idiot because he's not running a three, four. <laughs> what? How do you, do, you know, <laughs> they're trying to find a scheme that fits their personnel the best, no matter what you call it. There's no magic to a three, four. Their defense wasn't bad last year because they didn't run a 3-4. It was bad because a lot of the players they had weren't playing as well. They were getting old, and now they're trying to figure out a way to revamp the scheme. So anyway, JP, it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, but that's fine.
0: That's why I brought it up. I knew it.
2: Yeah. I wanted
0: to get a reaction it's, out
2: of you, John. They're trying to figure out the best scheme to fit the players that they've gone and gotten, and that's what they're going to be doing. That's what they should do, right? It makes sense. Uh, yeah, right? and right. And, uh, right. and I'll keep getting questions about the three four four three, and that's, and that's fine, but it's it's a lot of uh, it's going to be different looks. It's going to be what the scheme has been all along—a hybrid four three three four scheme yeah. that, depending on the personnel, can change based on the personnel.
0: John Osher, with us. You mentioned uh, Yannick Ngakwe's name in there, and that has been pretty quiet as of late. You know, there was a lot of tweeting going on a month or two ago from uh, Jan. and you know, there, there's all, as we've mentioned in the past, there's only a few different things that can happen here on this thing. But I'm curious if that heats up at some point, and if there's a deal done or. A trade done or what? You know, we just haven't heard yeah. from that in a while.
2: You know, yeah, and it it feels like nothing to be said and nothing to say for a while. Yeah, and that once July fifteenth rolls around or whatever, this will start bubbling up into a topic again. I would anticipate some tweets from on at some point. It wouldn't surprise me. I. Uh, I just don't know really what's going to change from what David Caldwell said after the draft, which is that hey, we welcome him back. They didn't get any deals. My understanding is they are in no hurry and not of the inclination to trade Unique Ngakwe. Right. This is not a situation where the Jaguars are saying we need him out of the building. They want him in the building. So right now, if if he doesn't play for the Jaguars, he doesn't play. So, and and more importantly, probably he doesn't get paid. So, is is that just smoke? Are they looking to trade him sometime in August? I don't think so. I I don't know how it'll play out, but I don't know that a whole lot has changed from last of the draft. And last of the draft, it felt like if he doesn't play here, he's not going to play. We'll see. And maybe that's why he's being quiet. I, I, I always hesitate. When I answer this, J.P., I don't really like to put words in unique mouth. Correct. Because he's perfectly capable of tweeting that on his own, and I'll be upfront: I don't talk to Unique uh, during the off season, just because I'm not calling players on that regard. So I don't know what he's thinking or why he does what he does. I, I like covering him. I hope he plays for the Jaguars, uh, but because of his personality type, which is he's his own guy now, is what I mean by that. He's going to do what he wants to do. I can't predict whether he's going to play or not next year. I hope he does.
0: Well we got uh, the summer month or two to, to get to training camp and then we'll see what happens on that front and uh, you know that's a big if obviously the the training camp and all that uh, hey Osh thanks man appreciate you over the last few months here we'll uh, we're taking the next three weeks off but we'll be back Why about that I, I know. life of leisure <laughs> and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll catch back up with you in mid-july How about
2: that all right buddy thank you
0: all right Johnny o John your senior writer jaguars dot com. Good stuff there, as always, from our buddy. We're back in a moment. We'll go around the National Football League and three cheers on this Jaguars happy hour on the Jaguars digital network.
3: Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly.
8: Whether you're driving to a Jaguars game or on the way to work, when you see flashing lights, please move over. If you can't move over a lane, slow down 20 miles per hour below the speed limit. You can protect those who help you on the road. From law enforcement and other first responders to utility and tow truck drivers, they all need you to be at the top of your game while you're driving. See lights? Please move over. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles and the Florida Highway Patrol.
4: Jags fans, Fill your wallet with one debit card that screams "Do Ball" exclusively from TIAA. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card it comes with a fierce look, and fantastic features, so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge Checking Account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you, or find us at tiaabankcom Jackscard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
5: Hi, everyone. This is Randy Goodwin from PRI Productions. We understand the impact current times have had on our community. As an event production company, PRI Productions has been there when you've celebrated, honored, cheered, rallied, raised awareness, or just be entertained. And we look forward to being there again soon. What a time we're going to have when we all get together again. The celebrations and gatherings will be awesome and have more meaning than ever before. But until then, we wish you and your family the very best.
8: Be safe. See you soon.
7: DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid-100s, and a wide selection of move-in-ready homes quality value customization that's the dream finders difference call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com dream finders homes the official home builder of the jacksonville jaguars Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity when america needed us to build
6: we built masks ventilators shields when local communities and frontliners needed support Ford dealers answered and now we're open and ready to serve you with special offers and deals across the Ford lineup. Stop by a Ford dealership or go online. We've made it safer to
7: shop, easier to buy. Built for America. Built Ford Proud. I'm Fat Tony Smith, and if you love the Jaguars, join me and Mike Dempsey on Jaguars Today. All Jaguars, every day, 10 a.m. to noon on 1010XL.
0: Welcome back final moments of January's happy hour. Florida Blue is here to help you better understand COVID-19, share information to help protect you and your family and make sure you get the care and support you need during this challenging time. Florida Blue's support extends beyond healthcare as they work with the community to provide meals for seniors, masks for health care workers and residents, funds for immediate needs and expertise on prevention. JP Shattered from the home studio. A couple minutes remaining. Let's touch around the National Football League. You'll get a kick out of this one. Bears quarterback coach John D. Filippo told the Chicago Tribune that he's looking for, quote, juice from the quarterback room. Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles are there. And he said, quote, we walk around with a little bit of swagger to ourselves in terms of knowing we're the best quarterback room in the National Football League. End quote. From John D. Filippo, former Jaguars offensive coordinator. Take that for uh, what you will. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and part of that White House task force on COVID-19, he said football teams would need to emulate plans by the NBA and MLS for a bubble format or consider not playing in 2020. The NFL chief medical officer, Dr. Alan Sills, put out a statement today saying that the League and the Players Association with Joint Medical Advisors are addressing to mitigate the health risk to players, coaches, and other essential personnel. Uh, they will be flexible and adaptable in the environment to adjust to the virus as needed. And the league also today announcing that Hard Knocks will focus on two teams this year. That's right, the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers. A new season of Hard Knocks kicks off August 11th on HBO. Our thanks, uh, our three cheers today to uh, all of our guests throughout the last three months on jaguars happy hour and other programming uh the full list on on my twitter page we're running out of time but thank you for everyone involved the last three months we got the next three weeks off we'll talk to you again july 16th it's jaguars happy hour on the jaguars digital network have a great show